Welcome to Victory, a place to call home. We're here to help people find and follow Jesus, and we are so glad that you are listening. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. (laughs) The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. I like that. He was. He crucified anymore. He is not here. (laughs) He has risen just as he said, promise keeper. Come, this is important, come and see the place where he lay. This is important. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. At the heart of the gospel is this message of come and see what the Lord has done. Go and tell about what he's doing. It's not just the gospel. It's not just the Bible teaching, but it's what God has done in your own personal life. Come and see, go and tell about what God has done in your life. Go down to verse 18 of Matthew chapter 28. It's a famous passage of scripture known as the Great Commission. You might be familiar with it, but I want you to listen to it with new ears today. Jesus, some time had passed after this appearance to these women, and they went and told Jesus, or they told the disciples all that they had seen, the resurrected Jesus, or that Jesus wasn't there, but they had gotten this message. And then Jesus comes and appears to his friends, his followers, the disciples. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, somebody say go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you even till the very end of the age. Now, if you would, just turn over to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 1. We're going to read verse 8. Jesus has resurrected. He has spent 40 days appearing to his disciples, his followers, and he's given them some instructions. He's revealed himself to them. And he comes and he gives this message to them. Verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to tag a title to my preaching text today, and I want to preach to you from the subject along these lines. 
can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? If you would just bow your heads and hearts with me this morning. Lord, we haven't come into this time and into this moment, Lord, today to hear the words from a person, from a man. But God, we've come into this moment, into this time, into this service. Lord, today, in this moment, Lord, we've come to hear from heaven. Lord, let us not leave this place the same as we came in. Lord, speak mightily, Lord, to each and every individual in what they're going through in their lives. Lord, we humble ourselves and we confess, Lord, that there are many things, Lord, that we're not living out and applying to our lives. Lord, if that's the case with any of us today, may we lay down our our preferences, may we lay down our indifference, may we lay down our apathy, may we surrender to you once again to say yes to whatever you have called us to do and who you've called us to be. We pray all these things in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Can I get a witness? It's a phrase that uh, was originated in the black church, the African-American church, over 200 years ago. And what would happen is um, someone would get up uh, before the congregation of people and they would testify. They would share their story. They would what was called bear witness of God's presence and God's intervention in their life. And as they would tell their story, someone who had also experienced the same presence, provision, the same intervention of God in their life, in that congregation, would also testify, and they would bear witness. The person getting up there and telling that story would ask the question to the audience, can I get a witness? And the audience would say, amen, enthusiastically. And they would say, yes, Lord. And they might wave their hand. Come on. And they might get a look on their face and they go, like they just smelled something real bad. But they would give testimony. They would bear witness of something that they had experienced. And they are affirming the speaker and they're affirming what God had done in their life. This morning, I want you to take responsibility, to take ownership of the calling of God on each and every follower of Jesus. And that is to be a witness. In this text today, the main truth of this text, the principle that we can pull out from God's word from this text, is this. The world needs your witness for Jesus. Now, we talk about the world, God so loved the world. We think about the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets and the cosmos, and we think about the land and the sea, and we think about all that's in the world, and we might even think about humanity, but I don't want you to detach yourself and your own personal involvement and that you make up a part of this world. 
You see, God is above all. He's transcendent. He is the creator of all, but there is also the aspect of God in that he doesn't just stand high. He doesn't just sit enthroned, but he comes low to where we are. He is personal. He is imminent, is the theological concept that I'm talking about today. He is near. He is close. The world needs your witness. See, this is personal. The world needs, it needs something. You see, the world needs, needs Jesus. Jesus is the answer, as the song says, for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Can I get a witness in this place? Somebody say amen. The world needs your witness for Jesus. You see, the world doesn't need, just need your witness. It's not about your personality or your preference. It's not about your church. It's not about the things that you want to do, the plans that you have for your life. No. The world needs your witness for Jesus. They need a witness of Jesus, and God just so happens to want to use a person like you and a person like me as his witnesses. The world needs your witness for Jesus. And I believe this morning that God is sending out a clear call to each and every one of us. And his question this morning is this Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? The call goes out. The response is your responsibility. But I don't want you just to look at the call of the Great Commission and to be a witness. I don't just want you to look at this and say, this is a responsibility. This is a duty. No, this is an opportunity. You see, the message of the gospel is the power of God under salvation for everyone who believes. I got to just reach one more person and tell you about Jesus because Jesus can change your life. Jesus can turn your situation around. Jesus can make a doper a deacon. Jesus can change somebody from the inside out. Jesus can make a crack addict a sold out person for Jesus. Jesus can make you a witness for him. He can change your life from the inside out. And so what is your response this morning? The word witness is translated from the Greek word martis. And this word refers to those who bear witness in a court of law to the truth based upon what they have experienced, based upon what they have seen, and based upon what they have heard and they know to be true. But the recent research from the Barna Institute, they do polling on um, Christian churches, uh, Christianity in America. A poll from Barna recently revealed that the church does have some problems. And so that's why I'm on it today. I don't want to stand before God. And God says, why did you not tell my people that I'm looking for a witness. See, the problem is that U.S. churchgoers in this poll were asked if they knew what the Great Commission was. More than half, 51%, had no idea. Another 25%
said that they had heard of it, but they did not know what it meant. Another 7% were unsure, and a tiny fraction, 17%, said they could explain it. The problem is ignorance. The problem is, if you don't know what a witness is, if you don't know the Great Commission, if you don't know what you've been commissioned to do, then you will not be able to share that mission, that message, that story. So the problem is not just ignorance, but there's also the problem of apathy. Apathy means this. It's not just a lack of knowledge like ignorance is, but apathy is a lack of concern. You know, but you do not care. You have lost compassion. You have lost concern. Instead of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, oftentimes the church is not willing to take the gospel to the end of the street. Consider the following, 95% of Christians have never won a soul to Jesus, 80% of all Christians do not consistently witness for Christ, less than 2% are involved in the ministry of evangelism, 71% do not give toward financing the Great Commission. I don't believe those numbers are true of you and I in this church, but I perhaps can recognize that there are those in here today that are followers of Jesus, and if you're not a follower of Jesus... This gives you a glimpse into what we prioritize, what we're all about here at Victory Church. We're all about the Great Commission and sharing the good news about Jesus through our personal witness. The Great Commission, it shouldn't be seen as a uh, duty, but as an opportunity to change what eternity, eternity looks like for the people around us. And so I'm excited because we have the next few weeks you and I, to talk about practical ways that we can share the good news. Oftentimes, I feel like maybe we don't know what to share or how to share it, or maybe we just don't know the practical steps that we can take in order to share our faith uh, with our family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. And so from our passage today, I want, you to give you, I want to give you four characteristics of a witness. And witness number one, here, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. This would be a good time to write this down. A witness has a mandate. Somebody say a mandate. A mandate is an official order or a commission to do something. You see, our mandate is the great commission. Jesus said to go. <laughs> go into all the world. It's, a, it's an action verb. And in the Greek language that the New Testament was written in, it actually means as you are going. As you are living your daily life, as you are going to work, as you're going to school, come on, as you're doing recreational activity, as you're taking kids to the game, as you're showing up uh, to church, as you are going, make disciples of all the nations. In other words, share the gospel, make disciples, make followers of Jesus. As we pass through this world, we're carrying the message with us, sharing it with everyone we meet along the way. And we do this in two ways. Number one, we do it by showing it with our lifestyle. In the way that we live, if you are a follower of Jesus, there should be a corresponding lifestyle that you live. Come on, I still believe that there is a standard that God's people should be living up to. If you name the name of Jesus, we ought to live a life that looked like Jesus. In other words, there's some things in your life that ought not be there, maybe. 
There's some ways of going about doing things or there's some attitudes that you have or there's some selfishness that you're clinging on to that God is is trying to work out of you because as a witness, you have a mandate to show who Jesus is through the lifestyle that you live. Can I get an amen? Amen. Then the other way that we are to uh, share the gospel is not just by showing it, but it's also by saying it. The scripture at many places says, let the redeem of the Lord say so. It says for us to go into all the world and to make disciples. In other words, share the good news about what Jesus has done. Come on, just living a good lifestyle, being a good person, going to church on Sunday is not going to get people in relationship with Jesus. It's a start, it's a bridge, it's credibility, but it is not the gospel. Because we don't preach the message about our own morality, our own goodness, the things that we do to impress people. No, we preach the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his ability to save. So we preach it with our lifestyle, with our lips. We preach it by showing it and we preach it by saying it. This word preach in another part of the Gospels, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. It's another aspect of the Great Commission. It's another way of saying it. Mark said this. He said, go into the world and preach the good news to every person. Preach. This word preach, this is so good. Listen, listen, I'm getting deep here for a second. But preach is, in the Greek language, it's present tense, it's active voice, and it's imperative mood. Let me break this down to you. Imperative mood means this. It's a command. It's a commission. It's not a suggestion. It's not optional, but it's necessary. The great commission, if you follow Jesus, is not something, well, I may or may not. No, you have been given a mandate. You have been given a commission. You have been given a, 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 um, a, a, a imperative right? To share the gospel. So it, it's an imperative. It's a mandate. But it's also in the active voice. Listen to this. It means that we are, we are to be involved in doing it. We are, being, we are to be involved in preaching, not just with the things that we say, but the way that we live. We are to be involved. Preach is an imperative. It's an, in the active voice, and also it's in the present tense, which means this. We have an imperative to do it, a command to do it. Um, we, are to be, we are to be doing it, um, at all times, and we are to be actively involved. So we, we're supposed to be doing it as we go, as we live our life. How many of y'all know, if you are a parent, you know all about this? You know all about a mandate. You know all about a command. You know all about giving voice to what you need somebody to do, namely your children. How many drill sergeants do we have in here today? Come on. Somebody say, I'm sitting next to one. Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't look at them. Drill sergeants. And we have marching orders And when we're parents, right? And sometimes I give my kids options. I do. I do. I'm, I'm a nice parent. I'm a nice dad. And sometimes I say, hey, we could do this or we could do that. But there's other times when I tell my kids, nope, you're going to get up and you're going to bed. Amen. That's like the number one right there. That's the number one I do. That's my number one imperative mood, voice, that I'm telling 
for my kids. The drill sergeant has come out. Y'all kids are going to bed because I'm tired, and I'm tired of hearing all this today. Time to go to bed. We don't want to go to bed. I didn't give you an option. I gave you a command. (laughs) See, look, sometimes I involve my kids, and sometimes they ask why. Sometimes they, it's okay to tell them why. But other times I tell them, it's none of your business. You don't need to know why. I'm just telling you that you need to do it. I feel like God is the same way. I feel like God says, you might not know the reason why. You might not have all, you know, the pieces put together. He's saying, but I am telling you, this is what I need from you because I said so. And here's the good news. Sometimes gives us, God gives us options. Other times he gives us orders. But the good news is this. It's always for our good. God's commands are for our good. Listen to this in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 13. Keep the Lord's commands and statutes I'm giving you today for your own good. <laughs> A witness, listen to this, embraces the mandate of Jesus. A witness embraces the mandate of Jesus. A witness doesn't say, oh, I've got to do. A witness says, I get to do. This is an opportunity for me to see heaven populated. This is an opportunity for me to see my family come to know Jesus. This is an opportunity. The message of the gospel has the power to change everything. I got a powerful message. How can I keep it to myself? I've got to share it with you. And I don't need a mandate, personally. I've given my life to this. And it's an opportunity for me to share. But I don't want you just to know uh, that a witness has a mandate. But I also want you to know that, secondly, a witness has a message. A witness has a message. I'm only going to get done with half this sermon today, so I'm just go ahead and put y'all at ease now because I got three more points after this. We're going to continue next week. But the goal of this collection is just to talk to you and to share with you about what God expects from us and how we can go about being a witness. Secondly, a witness has a message. I love this. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes up on you. And you, right, will be my witnesses. You, that's the mandate. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In the Great Commission, he says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. Whose witnesses are we? We're his witnesses, my witnesses. A witness not only has a mandate, but a witness has a message. It's the message of Jesus Christ. Jesus tells these men that they are to be witnesses unto who? Unto him. Jesus is to be the sole focus of their message. It's a message of hope to the hurting, of life to the dead, of peace to the tormented, and this is our message. Let me read it to you. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 through 4, if you don't know what the message of the gospel is, here it is. For I delivered unto you, first of all, which I had also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again from the third day, 
according to the scriptures, and I can add from our passage today, just as he said. As he said he would do, he was able to do it. He keeps his promise, and he's able to give us a message, a message that has the power of God unto salvation. Now, when we preach anything, anything other than Jesus Christ, we are preaching another gospel. Mother Teresa and P.L., you can come play as we close. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, you may have heard of her. She was a speaker to an international retreat of priests in Rome, and she gave this appeal to those priests that were there in that retreat. Give us Jesus. Only Jesus. Always Jesus. And this morning, we might have a multitude of messages as followers of Jesus. We might have a multitude of messages as a church vying for our attention and our affection. But I've come to let you know that today the message that we prioritize, that we proclaim, and that we present to you here at Victory Church is always Jesus. It's only Jesus, always Jesus. It's always Jesus. A witness not only embraces the mandate of Jesus, but a witness emphasizes the message of Jesus. So we embrace the mandate, we emphasize the message. If you don't have those two things prioritized, every other step that you take is going to lead you in the wrong direction. We have to first understand that this is God's plan for my life. Here's the deal. You might have many giftings and callings. God has called you to be a husband or God's called you to be a wife. God's called you to be a parent. God's called you to be a teacher or God's called you to be a business person or God's called you to be a salesman. God's called you and various uh, construction or various areas and realms and, and, and roles in life. But the primary purpose and plan of God for your life is that you would be a witness. And if you are a young person here today, if you're just maybe, a, a, maybe younger or maybe you're just kind of floundering, what does God want to do with my life? I haven't really figured it out. Start here. Jesus has called us to be his witnesses. A witness is someone who testifies, who gives story, who verbalizes what he, they have experienced, what they have seen, and what they've heard. And these witnesses, they have a mandate. They have a calling. They have a message. Next week, I'm going to be talking to you the practical, about the practical ways and how we live this out. See, it's good to know that we are to be a witness, but how does that look? What does that look like in your everyday life practically? How do I go about being a witness? I've been doing this for 20 years, and I've had a desire to share the message of Jesus Christ. So maybe I think that I might have a little something for you uh, to say to, to, to help you along in this process. It starts with us having a mandate, having a message, living it out through the way we show it and what we say and, and the words that we speak. But also, not only does a witness have a mandate, a message, but they also have a method. We're going to be talking about the method 
of a follower of Jesus, a method of a witness. And also, we're going to be talking about the mentor that we have. Just a little sneak peek. The Holy Spirit. So next week, you need to be here. But here's what I want you to do right now. God has an important action step for each one of you in this room and online today, watching throughout the week. I want you to do three things this week, throughout the week. I want you to begin to pray. I want you to pray for five people that you know who do not know Jesus and that need a gospel witness. I didn't say, do they go to church, right? I didn't say, are they a good person? I didn't say you think maybe, perhaps, they're good per- they live a good life. I want you to begin to pray this week. First step, five people in your life this week that you can begin to pray for. God will show these to you, and you begin to write them down. Maybe even God's even speaking to you right now. God's speaking to you right now. Five people in your life that do not know Jesus that need your witness for Jesus. The world needs your witness for Jesus. And so begin to write down those five names, begin to think about and pray for those five. Second thing I want you to do. I want you to invite. Pray, then invite. I want you to invite them to either come to church, invite them to follow Jesus. Come on. I want you to invite them. Invite them into your life. Invite them into your story about how Jesus has transformed you, how he's changed your life, how he's given you hope, how he's given you salvation. I want you to begin to invite people to join you on a faith journey. Pray, invite. God will give you those opportunities throughout the week. It might even be somebody outside of your five. So if it's outside of your five, that doesn't mean you get an excuse, Pastor Keith, they were outside my five, so no. The five plus some others, right? Because God knows. So pray, invite, and the last thing that I want you to do is this. I want you to bring. Pray, invite, bring. Pray, invite, bring. Let's all say it. Pray, invite, bring. Say it again. Pray, invite, bring. These are words that are ownership words. (laughs) You see, it's not up to me. Come on. The Bible doesn't say, Pastor Keith or your pastors or your missionaries, you guys will be a witness unto all the world. Nope. He's giving a universal call, Jesus is, to every single follower of Jesus. This is your role. This is your responsibility. You take ownership of it. You take action. Pray, invite, bring. This is how bring looks. Bring them to church. Bring them to a place where they're going to hear the gospel. If they won't come to church, bring, obviously, bring the gospel to them. Bring church to them. Invite them to watch service online. We have so many people that before they even step into the church, they, they, people are invited to watch service online. Invite. We've got social media now. We've got all kinds of avenues to share our faith and to be a witness. Pray, invite bring. Maybe bring looks like this. Hey, why don't you come to church with me? My church is great. I want to share with you about my church. It's, you'll feel like family there. It's a place to call home. And 
you know, they, uh, they just have wonderful, wonderful people there and have great services. And, and so um, come to church with me. When you show up, I'll meet you in the foyer. I'm going to meet you in the foyer, and then you can sit with me. And matter of fact, uh, I'm not just inviting you to come uh, to my church and sit with me, but I'm going to take you out to lunch. Come on, you're putting bait on that hook then, right? I'm a fisherman. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to tell you. People will come out to a free lunch. Now, don't let them tell you where you're going to go to lunch, though. You get caught up, you be going to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> and that's okay, too. How many of y'all have been tricked like that before, right? So, <laughs> have a plan. Hey, where, where can we go eat? What do you guys like? Um, Texas, take them to Texas Roadhouse. Come on. Do that. Be generous. Um, don't be a cheapskate like me. Pray, invite, bring. Pray, invite, bring. I want to see, I want to see the list. So maybe as you got your, uh, you have your connect card, you turn it over. My next step today, because the world needs a witness for Jesus. The world needs my witness for Jesus. I'm praying for five. Maybe you want to write down those five. You can turn them in to the ushers as you leave. They'll grab those. We will be praying for those. Um, throughout the week. You know who they are. You don't have to keep a record of them. You know who they are. Maybe write it down on your phone. Begin to pray for them this week. Pray, invite, bring. I believe that the Lord is asking us this morning, can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Oh, the Lord's heart breaks. He's not willing that any should perish but that all might come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Oh, did our hearts, the, the men on the road to Emmaus said, oh, did our hearts not burn within us as he spoke with us along the way. It's about souls. It's about Jesus, only Jesus, always Jesus. And so this morning, my prayer throughout the week for you, for this wonderful family we call Victory Church. And you can pray with me as well. We have pray first service tonight at 6 p.m. We're praying over this principle, this core value of Victory Church and its relational evangelism. I'm just going to read this to you so you'll know how to pray. And there's some social media posts out there about it, so maybe you have seen this. Relational evangelism is God's message of forgiveness through Christ is most effectively conveyed within the context of personal relationships. It's not the only way it's conveyed. It's the most effective Jesus way. And so I want you to be praying this week to catch the vision and a passion for sharing the most important message that anyone has ever heard the message of forgiveness of sins, the message of eternal life through Jesus Christ.